0: He sits alone on a giant throne, pretending he's the king. A little tyke who's rather like a puppet on a string, and he throws an angry tantrum if he cannot have his way. And then he calls for mom while he's sucking his thumb. <laughs> you see, he doesn't want to play. <laughs> Too late to be known as John the First, he's sure to be known as John the Worst. A pox on that phony king of the England.
1: Left. And welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions. Today is August 24th, 2023, uh, and this is episode 273. Uh, My name is Scott Magnus. And my name is Jake English. And on this week's show, we're going to cry poor. And ask for more money. We'll also relive some of this week's magic. And we'll do that right after we lubricate the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you imbibing on this evening? In fact, what are we both imbibing on? You've poured me um, what I'm assuming has come from your kitchen sink at this point.
0: Yeah, it's a nice green sludge. Uh, No, this is a uh, arugula gin gimlet. uh, Usually reserved for holiday parties and trying to make my wife ill. Uh, But it's... Uh, gin, okay. simple syrup, lime, and uh, arugula right. in a shaker. But and, I, and I've got some tonic in mine. Yeah, and a little, little bit of fizz sometimes helps. Okay, but uh, yeah, it should it should taste like gin in a garden.
1: What kind of gin is in here?
0: This is Blue Coat. Okay.
1: All right. Well, like I said, if you are interested in uh, walking through Jake's Octopus Garden. Um, follow us on Untapped. I'm at M A G N 8606. I'm at Jake E 4025. And with that, let's go on in to the medical wing. All right, so Jake, who's first on the medical wing?
0: Well, this is a bit of a nothing burger, but first we're going to start with James McCann, who is a bruised hand. He took a 98-mile-an-hour fastball off the hand in Tuesday's game. Uh, he remained in that game, um, but he uh, did not. Uh, he's not starting. He, he remains out of the lineup. He could be used tonight if necessary, but uh, he's day-to-day with that
1: hand. So if someone needs to bunt and he needs to throw his body out there, he'll be coming to the game. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and Jack Flaherty um, is not really on the IL, not really, maybe even the medical wing. Just says just didn't feel right, and uh, his his start was skipped as of last night um, with Dean Kramer. So um, yeah, there's no no standpoint of saying there's something wrong with him. He just doesn't feel right. General soreness. Yeah, I, I, I have to call this married syndrome. It's just the standpoint of you come to someone when you need them, and they're just like, I'm not feeling it tonight. This is why you have the six-man rotation. Yeah, I mean, for the Orioles and their depth situation, this is why. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it hasn't hurt the Orioles as of yet. Um, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how long does this linger with Mr. Flaherty.
0: Hey, the Orioles have won 100% of games where Jack Flaherty's been skipped in the rotation. That's true.
1: Uh, Other folks that are still on the I.L., uh, Aaron Hicks, uh, still dealing with that back issue. It sounds like he's going to come back sooner rather than later. Um, you yeah, know, I don't think the Orioles are truly like absolutely feel like they need him, but I think they would like to have him on the bench as a, a, another bat. Um, and then Keegan aiken was transferred to the sixty-eight day IL. Um, I'm not saying he's gone, bye, but it seems like he's gone. Weird standpoint. Like, I know he doesn't really exist now because he's on the sixty-day day day IL and like no longer even on the forty-man roster. I, I mean, at some point, she's gonna be like, why don't you just release him? Like, it just is weird to me. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, I I guess it's one of those roster manipulation things where they don't have to.
1: But like, why? Why don't you just be like, best of luck? I don't know. Just just odd.
0: We've also got um, John Means. Yeah. Coming back from Tommy John surgery, making his fourth rehab assignment tomorrow on Friday. Uh, He'll be in Norfolk. That's good news, uh, because this team could certainly, certainly use uh, a player of John Means uh, pedigree as they make a playoff push in September. But I think if we're going to do this, if we're going to talk about the medical wing, we need to bend the rules. Okay. And we need to look beyond Baltimore. Okay. The news coming out of, uh, Los Angeles is just heartbreaking if you're a baseball fan.
1: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Otani and Mike Trout going, uh, and being injured in one foul, suit, one foul game. Um, it is dark ages baseball over there.
0: I mean, Shohei Otani is is so much fun. He is a joy for baseball fans. Uh, UCL tear,
1: he's going to need surgery. How much does that scream scream um, 2018 Baltimore Orioles? I'm like, all right, we're going to go all in. We shouldn't, but we we, we, we are. We shouldn't, but we're going to go all in. um, And they're going to go into 2019 um, without Otani um, with the worst farm system in all all Major League Baseball. And you just look at it and you're like, Man, you are like years upon years of recovery ahead of you. Yeah. Although. Years upon years. I hate to say this. Mm -hmm.
0: How much do you think a Mike Trout would restock your farm system?
1: Decent amount. A decent amount. But again, it's. Again, 2018 Orioles. It's the aspect of, like, we're going to have to blow up everything I mean, in order to restock. Do you
0: go to another team and you say, I will take your entire low A roster
1: and in return we'll give you Mike Trot. I don't think you can get that from Mike Trot anymore. Sure. No, of course. Not. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike Trot definitely has value. Um, but I always, there's a, a segment on on Fangraphs, which I always think is really interesting, um, where Fangraphs puts out their top 50 trade value individuals. And it's people that would never be traded. Like, uh, number one, I believe, this year was Ronald Acuna. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on that list was Gunner and Adley Brudgman at three and seven. Um, and I don't think I saw Trout until we'll call it the high teens. Um, and I can check on that while we're, we're talking later on. But I mean, I think, you know, he'd pull in some you know decent prospects, but he's certainly not going to pull in, um, you know, prospects like we have seen before in the past. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the angels have a, a long road um, to till um, to kind of get back into it. And again, Looking up at that division with the Rangers, you know, having stocked the way they are, um, the Astros being the Astros, and then you've got, you know, the Mariners who've got Julio Rodriguez. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough for the Angels. So you feel bad for the fan base. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't they can't say that they're they're the worst feeling fan base because again the athletics are in that division. Um, but yeah, tough sledding for Angels fans. So heartbreak, heartbreak all around. No Angels in the outfield.
0: No, no Angels in the outfield.
1: All right, so let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the X. This
0: week on the Twitters, uh, we're going to start with Jim Palmer at Jim22Palmer, which has a gif of Elvis swinging as if he were Bobby Dickerson, that arm around, saying, me leaving the hospital today. Take that, COVID. Thank you, Birdland, for all your well wishes and prayers. And Dawn at Masson, you saved my life at and Orioles, at Orioles. Look, this is a win off the field. Anytime we get news like that about Jim Jim Palmer, perfect. Yeah.
1: Jake, I've got an important question for you. This is a, a rule discrepancy, and I need you to weigh in as the official judge of Bird's Eye View. Uh, this comes from O's in different area codes. Uh, you can follow them at Orioles um, LA. Um, it goes as follows. I know we're no longer on the West Coast, but would a walk-off homer still qualify as hashtag dongs after dark at Bird's Eye View BAL? All
0: right, here's what I think has to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be extra innings after 12, mm-hmm. after 12 innings. Yep. Or a rain delay where whatever inning that you're in
1: takes you beyond
0: the midnight point.
1: Yeah, I think I think, it, I think those, that's the big criteria. I mean, I think extra innings possibly, but really a true dong after dark is... You know, the, the big hand has basically crossed past the 12 o'clock hour. And when, you know, when that big hand drops past the top of the hour, then you can celebrate domes after dark. I was
0: really, really frightened of where that was going to go. Uh, next, this tweet, it comes from the Orioles. Baseball is the best department. This comes from Sarah Langs, who tweets at slangs on sports. At 22 years and 52 days old, Gunnar Henderson is the youngest player in Orioles slash Browns history with four extra base hits in a game. The prior youngest was Cal Ripken Jr. at 23, 10 days on 9 3, 1983. Hmm. Hey, that's I, good company. I, yeah, here's the thing Cal Ripken might have been good.
1: Mm-hmm. Gunnar Henderson,
0: he might also be good.
1: Yep. All right, last tweet comes from Kenny Z, uh, and it is at Kenzruzik twenty. Uh, tweet goes as follows: Just found out that if you have a thirteen game plan with the Ed Orioles, you will not be getting an invoice to purchase all the playoff game tickets, like they have done in previous years. Your only chance to buy playoff tickets will be in early access presale in mid September. SMH.
0: Look, I threw this on here because I-, I don't want to. I-, I don't want to beat this guy up, but I. I- When I saw that, I went, oh, God, what is the playoff situation? So, of course, I sent you a frantic text and said, yes, God. Yeah, what is this? And you said, no, I'm pretty sure this is exactly what they told us.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, here's the thing. It is slightly different um, than the way it was done in 2012, 2014, 2016. Um, In those seasons, the Orioles did invoice you for certain games. You didn't get every single game um we were 13 game plan um and if you remember correctly we got the ability to purchase one game we got invoiced one game from each series and then we were able to come back later and purchase an additional game and we asked the question you know what games do we want to pick do we want to do game one game three like how's this going to work um but we didn't get every single game is the best way to go not not to mention think about the bill that that would be like if you're being buying you know multiple tickets for a world series standpoint I mean that's thousands of thousands of dollars if you're buying every single game. Um so yeah, we've never been invoiced every single playoff game. Um we've, you know, been invo- invoiced at least one game per series and had the option to buy additional ones. But you're absolutely right if you go back and look at the, you know, wording from the 2023 Oriole season plan. Um if you are a reserve member, which means that you have a, a ticket plan and not the flex plan, you are going to be able to buy one game per series um, on that basis. However, if you have a flex plan, you're going to be able to buy one game per series um, if you're at the lowest standpoint, but only two seats. And there's various criteria and stuff like that on that basis. But this was fully documented and well-established back in October when renewal plans were going up for the, for the general populace. So mo- nobody should be surprised by this.
0: So let me ask you this. Yeah, This is the real question that I'm getting at. Yeah. If you are an Orioles season ticket holder, excuse me, a Birdland member. Birdland member. If you are a Birdland member, is that good enough?
1: So that's a great question. Um, Because again, I look at opening day. Opening day is always a really good threshold for me to say, how many season ticket holders do you have? And I look at that and I say the Orioles don't have a lot of season ticket holders right now. I would probably put it in the ballpark of maybe 30,000 season ticket holders. So it tells me there's probably plenty of seats to go around uh, for people to buy multiple games. Um, so no, I don't think it's good enough. The other thing that I will mention that, you know, the Orioles have done a good job with with the Birdland Rewards program, um, but I haven't seen it yet uh, with opening day and or... Um, this given instance is there hasn't been any seniority priority. And I think that's a big deal uh, for folks that have, in essence, uh, rode out the storm for many, many years um, during really bad baseball. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not great is the best way to describe it. Um, I think the Orioles could do better. I think they're going to use this advantage as much as possible to say, hey, come get season tickets right now. And you're going to be put in the same priority bucket as everybody else in order to get playoff tickets.
0: I got to be honest, that does rub me the wrong way. Yeah. As a long-time season ticket holder, that very much rubs me the wrong
1: way. Yeah, because again, you could have basically walked away after the 2018 season, came back this season renewed, and you would have been in the same priority bucket as anybody else right now.
0: Yeah, I would be really interested to hear the Orioles try to put spin on that in a way that doesn't make me want to throw things.
1: Well, that's a, a good um, potential segue um, into our next conversation. So why don't we go around the bases and talk about why we want to throw things at the Baltimore Orioles. All right, so Jake, let's start off at first base and... We've got to talk about John Angelos once again, um, sticking his foot in his mouth, um, going on to the New York Times and, you know, basically a fluff piece that was supposed to be a Kevin Brown apology standpoint and, you know, basically, you know, lowering the tone and basically, you know, creating a picturesque aspect of an MLB owner. Uh, And instead, it turned into a a matter where, um, you know, the New York Times article got to a certain point baited with a question. And John Angelos literally grabbed a you know, hook, line, and sinker and said, yeah, you're probably right. Like, we're probably going to have to raise prices and everything like that. We're probably going to be able to re-sign talent and, and everything like that. I can't get over
0: the fact that this guy won't go away. <laughs> if you're not going to do the right things, and he's made it pretty clear that he's not going to do the right, right things. If you're not going to do the right things, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. All you have to do is shut up. It's not the least that you can do, but it's close. Just shut up. You are always saying the wrong thing, and there is no one. There is no one in, in the Orioles fan community. There is no one nationally. There is no one in the media that feels sorry for you, son of the billionaire who owns a team that you refuse to treat properly.
1: I hear you. But, I mean, the Orioles are only holding so many concerts right now in Camden Yards. So, look, it's it's, it's, a, it's a really poor look. I mean, it's coming off of the Camden Crossing articles that have come out recently. It's coming off of the lease continuing to get pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. And it certainly just continues to scream, I want to make myself a bigger-than-life persona um, and, and, in essence, make myself the center of attention Um, In order to establish my name and my family's name out there. As again, as I was pointed out before in a podcast, the saviors of Baltimore. And it is just so sickening is the best way to put it.
0: It's incredible to me that he is too poor to run a baseball team
1: Mm -hmm. and too poor to hire PR people. His handlers should quit tomorrow. You think he has handlers? I I don't think he has handlers at this point. Because I think any handler would have been like all right, here's your script. Do not deviate from the script. Do not deviate from the script.
0: I think it's irresponsible to not have handlers in
1: a position like his. Uh, I'm no. not arguing, but I fully believe that. And
0: I would have tied myself to the train tracks yeah. if I were his handler.
1: It's, re- it's just really bad. And again, um, it just sends a really bad message to the fan base, to the players and everything of like, we're, we're not going to be able to sign these players going forward on a long-term basis because, you know, We just can't afford it. Um, And it just looks really disgusting on that basis.
0: It's also like so clearly disingenuous. It is offensive. It's offensive because I feel like as much vitriol as we have for the ownership group and have for a long time, you could look at a statement like, we're not the New York Yankees. We're not the Boston Red Sox. We don't live in the same kind of market, and so we can't do the same kind of thing. Wow.
1: And again, we've we've heard that from Elias.
0: Right, right. But you, you can look at that and you can say... I get that. Okay, I get that. So you're not going to do everything the same way. But you have done everything yeah. that it takes to put a winning, sustainable team on the field that can win for a long time, Sure. except to spend the money that it takes to sustain the winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting standpoint. And again, I I come back down to, we're not going to get too deep into this because, again, I think everyone is on the same opinion opinion that, you know, John Angelos has basically, you know, etched his name into stone at this point of just being, um, you know, absolutely, you know, a a cesspool of garbage, a millionaire garbage, billionaire garbage. I'm sorry even for calling it a millionaire garbage. Um, And it's interesting because, you know, looking back, you know, one of the criticisms I remember during Peter's time was... Well, Peter's not coming out. He's not being a vocal champion for the organization. He's playing the game in the shadows and basically manipulating as a puppet is the best way to describe it. And now you have an owner that is potentially too active in in the limelight, as it were, uh, and is basically saying things that we as fans always said, I really hope that's not the way he thinks. I really hope that's not the way he thinks. And now he's publicly broadcasting it. So Jake, I asked you the question, is it better to know what the boogeyman looks like in the light or is it better to have the boogeyman be in the shadows
0: man that's a that's a difficult question
1: i i suppose that it is better jake let me try to frame it to you in a better context does your wife like to look at you in the light or does your wife like to look at you in the dark
0: trick question <laughs> neither <laughs> neither in fact
1: that's the answer scott the answer is, is neither, neither. We don't. Want I knew I could frame it for you to get you to the end question. <laughs>
0: we don't want this bogeyman. We want a new bogeyman, a new terrible owner who is terrible in different ways. As long as one of those ways is not also negligence
1: and cheapness. How upset do you think John is when he sees these other clubs proposing the idea of potentially looking at Nashville? Just curious.
0: <laughs> Who was it? Was it uh, Milwaukee? Or Chicago. Chicago. Chicago was the White Sox. Which will never happen. No, of
1: course not. Will never happen.
0: Uh you know, he's gotta have a a twinge of jealousy.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh crazy times. Um hopefully we don't hear from Mr. Angelos anymore for the remainder of the season up until maybe a trophy is delivered um to a platform um at the end of October. I don't know,
0: it depends on uh it depends on which which uh concerts they're gonna book.
1: Yeah. All right, let's
0: let's head to second. Let's base. head to second base, Jake. Uh, I, I w- I let's des- talk about nicer things. I want to talk about last night, and and look, I don't know. Bow,
1: why. Wow, wow, wow,
0: This is not Dongs After Dark. It's not that kind of thing. I want to talk about last night, and and I don't, I don't really have like a a cogent thought here. This isn't going to be a a particularly focused conversation. But it was a super welcome to Burt's Eye View. <laughs> It was a super fun. Are you game. new here? You new here? <laughs> I feel new here. Yeah, I feel new every time. The answer is neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wednesday night's game was super fun, and it was really interesting because the Orioles got ahead uh, somewhat early in the game, and then just blew it up in, in the the final at bat. And I, uh, my dad called in, in the middle of the game, and so I stepped out of the room and I was on the phone with my dad for a, a long time.
1: So do you say Joseph? I just wanted to talk to you about something. Was it something along
0: that, that line? It was not. It was mm. not. It's disappointing. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But uh, when I came back in, the game was over. And so I just rewound it mm. and, and picked up where I, I left off. On it. But I got to watch in a, a controlled, uh, commercial-free environment. It was perfect.
1: So and your dad interrupted you during watching Orioles baseball? It's not that kind of thing. It's okay. okay. It's, okay. it's
0: okay? It's all right. It's all okay. good. That's not the point of the story, Scott.
1: Okay. You're
0: trying to start trouble where there's no trouble. All right.
1: Hi, welcome, to birds. No <laughs> welcome, to Birds Eye View. Welcome, uh, welcome to Scott Magnus's Birds Eye View. <laughs> but let, I mean, let's just talk about it. It was
0: it was a great it was a great game. And Dean Kramer. We talked a little bit. You know, in a a surprise start, unexpected start was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you know, he is putting together more and more of you know of of a season that you look back and you say, wow, that's that's really impressive. This is not this is not who I thought this guy was. You know, we hoped that he would be this, uh, but he's really put together a season that, uh, you know, he, he's a complimentary piece on a good team.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we'll come back and talk about bad Orioles based on when we talked about the 2018 Orioles. And, of course, Dean Kramer is part of that Machado trade. Um, and, again, I don't think we'll ever get the full value out of the Machado trade. But, again, it's nice to see Kramer contributing um, You know, maybe he's not a, a top line starter, but again, is a, a serviceable role um, on this basis going forward. So I think that's awesome. Um, And again, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Flaherty was a late scratch. It wasn't an early scratch or anything that that was a late scratch. Um, And it was great to see Kramer step in. It actually kind of reminded me of the Wells um, bullpen game at the very beginning of the year where he's just like, all right, I got to take it on. It's my turn. I'm going to step up to it. And Kramer pitched a really nice game, not I wouldn't say dominating from a stuff standpoint, but a really good mixing up of pitches um, and pitch sequencing um, that kept the Jays on their toes. And we've seen the Jays during this series be extremely aggressive. Um, So it was great to see Kramer mix up his sequencing in order to kind of throw them off a little bit. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, The game was, you know, two nothing uh, against Kevin Gosman, who, by the way, I'd love to see doing so well. I really wish that he would have had a better experience here in Baltimore. And so to see him blossom into one of the best pitchers in the league while the Orioles are also doing well, sure. it's, it's very gratifying. Uh, but you know, the Orioles jumped out to a lead with Mountcastle, of course, the, mm-hmm. the Jays killer, uh, scoring, uh, somebody on a single and Santander hitting an early home run. And that, that would have been enough. Yep. But then, but then Scott, we were treated to the end of the game. First of all, the, the bullpen was perfect. Right. Uh, Kramer, uh, went six. Then you got Webb, Cano and Fuji just lights out. And then the eighth inning. Yeah. Incredible. It's super fun. The thing that's that, uh, stuck out to me about the eighth inning was Westberg running down the line. Sure. With just incredible. I mean, just elite speed. Yep to keep the inning alive. Sure, with two outs. At which point, you know, it was nothing more than than. Orders were already
1: runs. pretty much ahead at that yeah. point. It was not a safe situation, but, you know, he said, I'm going to try to get the hit. I'm going to try to get it and just continue on. in the And he didn't have to. He could just been like, all right, we got our runs. It's no longer a safe situation. I'm going to take a little bit easy out of the box. But as Brandon High has mentioned before, there is hustle across the board from this entire lineup from start to bottom. Um, and we haven't seen that with an Orioles lineup in many times, and I've talked to various people about that, and they just love that. Um, I think I mentioned this before. Of um, we were coming back from from Florida, and I was talking to a Yankees fan, and he's just said, "I love the aspect where the Orioles fan, or Orioles players hustle out of the box, and I love watching Gunner, in essence, you know, turn singles into doubles." Um, so it, it's it's great to see from Westberg. Honestly, you know, I, I, I think Kramer pitched great. I, I think you know looking at that game though from that two nothing game i think web and cano again i know you mentioned it but you know cano right now is starting to pitch you know as good as he was earlier this season um and cano has introduced a four-seam fastball into his you know arsenal um you know coming off the all-star break when he was having some of those issues in order to again pitch sequence and throw people off a little bit but i've been really impressed by you know the Orioles have been really, we'll call it, reluctant to go to Cano because they've been trying to, in essence, get rid of the fatigue issue, and it certainly looks like the fatigue issues are not bothering Cano as much. And Cano looks like he did earlier this season on that basis.
0: Now, if he develops a new pitch, does he have to find a new way to stare at it when he strikes? him? Absolutely. Okay. I, I think I think that is important. Yeah, and and of course we can't talk about last night without talking about the potatoes. Mm, yes. Well, Anthony Santander put on a show. yeah put on a show uh two low balls had no business being hit at all much less out uh boy howdy yeah that was an impressive performance
1: yeah that's some significant dropping of the bad head in order to basically golf it out in many instances you know there's been a few swings like that from santander on the season and actually from brian o'hearn as well uh from that left to side of the plate and again you know i you know some fans would basically say you know that's bad memories um, but I would say when I've watched those swings and how they go out of the ballpark, it actually reminds me a lot of Chris Davis. And it kind of is just like, wow, that's kind of cool that we're kind of seeing um, a similar performance on that basis from some of these players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's great to see Santander on their back, you know, having him, you know, in essence, have two home runs um, in his first game back from the from the IL. Really fun um, as of this evening for Thursday uh santander has had another home run to basically tie the game back up again yeah if we sound distracted it's because we are yeah i mean jake got distracted there when you know he saw another potato go out onto utah street um but yeah a great win a fun win um the orioles need to continue to kind of put up those um you know dominant wins um and again not have to go to batista in every single instance this was
0: a really fun game to watch. It, it was one of those things. I think the thing that was so notable was it, it was just another one of those games where we are like, you know, I'm rooting for a good team. Mm-hmm. This is a good team. And I just kind of wanted to soak it up and, and live it in. Cause I, I feel like it's, it's easy for me as a fan, the kind of fan I am to dwell on the bad
1: games right. and kind of gloss over well, the, the al- wins like last night. Well, the other thing is these guys are not going to be here forever because we to have to get rid of them. You know, you know who I'm really worried about, about losing. Who's that?
0: Q. Mm. Brandon Kionis was on the, uh, the post-game interview with Anthony Santander. And first of all, their bromance is one for the ages. Yep. I mean, we talked about, you know, Manny and Scope and that, you know, that love was real. But this love is, I mean, it, it's something else. But, you know, of course, Anthony Santander has come so so far, you know, not only as a baseball player, but also in his command of the English language, answering all the uh, all the questions in English. And Q was just there for for moral support, and uh, those those guys, um, you know,
1: b- big friendship. And uh, I hope that that Q is around for a while. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, um, let's go to third base. Let's talk about getting ready for September. And uh, rosters will be expanding. Jake in September, uh, you get an additional two players. Um, you can have up to fourteen pitchers. Uh, the current the Orioles are currently carrying thirteen pitchers, so you could potentially add an additional pitcher and one additional position player um, at this time. Um, so Jake, the question has to be who's coming up in September. Well, I think the easy answer is John means. Okay.
0: They will find a roster spot for John means. Okay. But I think beyond that, it is also to me certain that Tyler Wells will be on the ball club. Yeah. I, I think, you know, they're going to have to make room in the bullpen for him somehow. And that's, that's all fine. They're gonna have to make two roster moves. Uh, well at least one roster move for those guys. Um, But I think it's Tyler Wells and and John Means. I I think that's a done deal. My question to you, though, is Mm -hmm. do you think that they will try to further bolster the pitching staff and lose a position player? Or is there a limit on the number of pitchers? There's a
1: limit on the number of pitchers. So they can only do 14 pitchers, like I mentioned. So they they can only pull one additional pitcher onto the roster right now as an extra spot. And they would have to option or dfa another player. So you can't just put two additional pitchers onto the onto yeah, the roster. Send yeah.
0: They'll find they'll find the room for those guys. Yeah.
1: I think the big question is like, who is that going to be? You know, you start looking through and you're like, all right, like there isn't a lot of, you know, room available on the roster chart um at this given moment. Um, you know, Vespi was option today. Um, you know, Voth is there potentially to basically come off. Um So, I mean, I think Voth is probably your next individual off. Yeah. But then the question remains of, like, you just mentioned John Means and Tyler Wells. But I would say there's one more individual on this list that I don't see, and that's D.L. Hall. Continues to kind of fluctuate and basically are being talked about uh, basically coming up. So the Orioles are somewhat in a roster crunch right now of, like, who is going to come onto the rotation. And they don't have that many people with options. I believe once Voth is designated for assignment... um, the only people that have options left on the team in the bullpen would be Batista, Kano, and Fujinami. Um, so, question mark, question mark. I think, honestly, the other question is, I don't even know if Fujinami actually has options because, again, it comes to that Hunsu Kim situation where if you sign a player internationally, you, sometimes they, you need their permission before you could send them down. So I'm not even sure if you could option Fujinami on that basis.
0: How delightful is it? A change of fortunes that after a couple weeks ago we were tearing our hair out at the the bullpen we're now looking at the roster and saying well gosh who can you pull out for the likes of john means and tyler wells
1: yeah no i I agree that i it's 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 a good problem to have but it's also um it's also a a matter though like again if you look at your your six-man rotation you do have a little bit of like a i don't know Got a little bit of a buffer there, but you got a little bit of a, a you're, you're carrying an extra starter because of arm length and everything like that, too. So you are taking away a bullpen arm on that basis. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think the bigger question I have is yes, I do think that John Means is going to be up here in September. I think my question really is when? Is it the first of September or is it a little bit further out? Um, and, you know, if they had to pick one or the other to start with, is it Tyler Wells or John Means? And I feel like it's Tyler Wells is the first one up over John Means. And that's not to say that, you know, John Means is not a better pitcher, but I think, you know, they're going to ease John Means in and basically say, if we can get something for John Means and we can use John Means in September, that's great. But we're really gearing John Means up for 2024. Um, And if he's able to contribute in 2023, great. But we're not going to force it is the best way to put it. Absolutely. I I agree. I think Wells is, is up first. And that's nothing against John Means. I think I think it's, it's I don't want to get into October because we're in September is the best way to describe it. It's going to be really interesting to me to see how the Orioles construct their playoff roster uh when they go there because again, you're not going to need all those starting pitchers, so it's going to be really interesting to me of who does the Orioles put into the pen? And I have no idea at this moment. I can't even fathom that. Um so we'll get to that in, in a little bit. Who else is kind of maybe angling to come up in september you think
0: well i wouldn't call these guys uh permanent fixtures i, I think that these are guys that might be up in stints for injury purposes so This is like whack-a-mole basically exactly this okay. is the shuttle yeah. this is the shuttle but you know you look at who's at AAA, and you look at well what names might be helpful mm-hmm. and I-, I you know mike Bomlin was just sent down yep brian baker has given us useful innings the major league level logan gillespie Joey Crable, Nick Vespi. We have guys to draw from. Sure. If performance becomes a problem, if injury becomes a problem, there are arms there that you can depend on in yeah. a pen race, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that That's aspect. That. I think there's significant arms there. Um, you know, outside of those kind of pen arms, you know, we haven't talked position players, and the Orioles will get an additional positional player spot um, in September, which one would think they're going to, in essence, utilize. Um, and currently the Orioles have a few position players on the 40 man roster, Taryn Barbara, Joey Ortiz, Colton Kowser, and Kyle Stowers. Um, do you think one of those four get up or do you think the Orioles make a move and basically say, we're going to bring up somebody, um, ahead of them and put them onto the 40 man roster?
0: I think one of, there are three approaches that you can take, right? The first approach is the known quantity. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's Kowser, mm-hmm. Right. The other, the other tactic that the Orioles could take is they could make a forty-man move, and they could say we're going to bring up Kerstad because he's he's killing things sure. in in the minors. I don't find that particularly likely because you don't want to do that in a pennant race.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate the move. Actually, I don't hate either one of those moves. Um, but again, if I start thinking about roster construction. I just don't see it, is the best way to describe it. You're already going to get Hicks back, and it sounds like they're going to take Hicks through all of September, so I just don't know if it's necessary.
0: Here's here's an interesting one. Yeah. What about the possibility of Terran Vavra? And I say this because
1: yeah. he's a versatile
0: guy mm-hmm. who they have seen at the major league level. He can play the infield. Sure. He can play the outfield. He's also proven himself to be patient at the plate, and yeah, he wasn't knocking the cover off the ball, but the guy can bunt. The by, The guy can take walks. The guy can be trusted not to screw up to a great degree. And that might be valuable.
1: Yeah. So I, I agree with you that it's an interesting standpoint of like, do you, in essence, choose Varva or do you choose Ortiz? I think those are your two you know, conversations. Personally, for me, um, I think Varva has one benefit going from it. It's nothing that you just mentioned. Um, it's he's a left-hander. Mm. And I think if you look at Urias, you look at Mateo and stuff like that, it's nice to have a left-hander coming off the bench for them in order to potentially be in that spot. Me personally, I'm pulling Ortiz in. I'm kind of rewarding him for a great season. Um, I'm saying, you know, Hey, I want you off the bench. I want to pull you in as a utility infielder. I want Ortiz on my bench um, going through September. I don't expect Ortiz to be on the October roster, but this is my way of saying thanks for all your hard work when we were going through it earlier this season. So me personally, Ortiz is my guy that I would want up in September.
0: All right. Now there are two elephants in the room that we haven't discussed. Sure. Um, one I think is is probably you know the name on everybody's mind, and one one is is in my heart of hearts. And you know the obvious one is of course people have talked about the possibility of Jackson. There's the no chance. Ridiculous.
1: Zero chance. That's absurd. Yeah. There's, there's no there's, way. There's there's no chance this happens. It makes no sense. Uh, the Orioles are not going to rush it, as as we have seen. The Orioles are going to take their good old time. I don't think Jackson holiday actually gets up here until next August. Honestly, I think he's going to be a gunner situation where they're going to roll with it. And I don't think he starts the season with the Orioles. I think they pull him in, in August next year. Um, but I don't expect, I don't expect Jackson holiday, you know, to come up to September. I think that's a ridiculous notion. Absolutely.
0: But let's talk about the player. I want to see mm-hmm. the player that I, I think would, would, uh, make my playoff dreams come
1: true. Randy Wolf.
0: No, but it would be a bridge to the Buckle Up Birds era. Okay. Scott, in AAA right now, Mm -hmm. TJ McFarlane is relieving games. No. (laughs) And if we brought up TJ McFarlane to play baseball games for the baltimore orioles in the net on the next great team you and i had many many conversations during the buckle up birds era and we said is this player going to be on the next great orioles team is this player going to be the?" and neither one of us ever said tj mcfarlane how great a story would it be if he was the linchpin of a revitalized bullpen here in 2023 to make a, a historic run for a world series title 40 years after the orioles last one With that golden left arm. All right, TJ
1: McFarland. That's it. Um, Folks, I'd like to announce from a bird's-eye view standpoint that arugula has been banned from this (laughs) podcast going forward. Um, Have I
0: just been suspended? No, just arugula. I was talking (laughs) about the past.
1: No, arugula has been suspended. Um, Apparently, that was not arugula that Jake picked up. Apparently, (laughs) it was from a local dispensary. Um, So, yeah, we are not talking about TJ McFarland on this podcast. Um, But let's go into home plate uh and jake um we we just to pull back the curtain here at bird's eye view uh, we have show notes again we kind of refer to it Uh, i walked into your your house this evening and you said to me i don't know what we're going to talk about for home plate i I just don't know what we're going to do and i don't know what we're going to talk about on this basis uh so jake i i've got an idea for what we can talk about at home plate and i wanted to to ask you um really a simple question truth or truth Jake, Scotty, truth or truth? Yeah,
0: you know, it's a tough question. And it's one that uh, demands an honest answer. It's one that uh, you have to be introspective about. When you talk about truth or truth, when it comes to the search for truth, Scott, you got to go with truth. So, I'm, I'm, yeah,
1: give me truth. Jake, it looks like the Orioles are going to make the playoffs. In game one of whatever series they started in, whether it's the wild card or division, Who is your starting pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles in your first playoff game? It's
0: not a popular answer. I don't think a lot of people will agree with me.
1: If you say TJ McFarlane, these microphones (laughs) are getting turned off. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to throw the same things I
0: was trying to throw.
1: This will be the end.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, it's not a popular answer, but I got to go with Kyle Gibson. Uh, You know, He's not the most electric starter that we have. He's not been the most... Effective. Some of the young guys have been incredible in comparison, but I, I trust him. It's easy to trust uh, Gibson,
1: and I, I do in that first game. Uh, you know what? It's funny you should mention this. I, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I actually feel the same way. And I think most, most people would say, well, you've got to go with bradish or you've got to go with Grayson. I think I want the veteran starting, is the best way to put it. And again, Gibson is certainly not going to be the wow stuff, but I almost want to basically throw him out there, see what he can do. Um, and then after you're going to see what he does, um in essence come back and say great um if you're doing good we'll keep going through it but if he gets knocked down the second and third inning you bring in another person then you kind of restart everything on that basis so i agree with you that kind of that's the way i would kind of go with it too um so jake truth or truth
0: that's a good question um i'm gonna get now uh we're gonna do um, truth truth give me uh, i'm gonna do truth
1: uh jake um been asking this question a lot lately and i've been asking jake um when are you going to go to a baseball game when are you going to go to a baseball game when are you going to go to a baseball game so jake i asked you this question uh we have about four weeks left for the season how many baseball games are you going to go to in order to support the baltimore orioles through the end of the season all of them
0: no uh we backfilled a lot of our uh games this season. Henry's baseball season uh made it really tough for us to get to games earlier on. These
1: sound like excuses. It sounds like school's in session, baseball, other you know little league baseball's going on. No, I've I've already got I've already gotten the uh <clears throat> the knowing nod that there are gonna be
0: uh sometimes that Henry shows up late to school because mm-hmm. you know he's got the bird flu. Yeah. Uh but no we're gonna we're gonna go starting Sunday and uh I've got a couple of uh a couple of games circled but I'm thinking maybe I mean 5 or 6. 5 or 6.
1: All right. That's that's a good amount. All right, Jake, uh truth or truth? Truth. Uh Jake, uh currently, um and I know uh, this individual has been going, you know, on fire lately. Um but Gunnar Henderson and Anthony Santander have been going back and forth for the home run lead for the Baltimore Orioles at this moment. Who at the end of the season do you think is your home run king? For the Baltimore Orioles, T.J. McFarland.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I think it's going to be uh, Santander.
1: Okay. There it is. All right, Jake. Truth or truth?
0: Could it be anything but truth?
1: It could be. Let's get tense here.
0: Then I'll choose truth.
1: Jake, again, starting to enter into September. There's been conversations about who it's going to be. Who is your most valuable Oriole this time right now for the Baltimore Orioles? Wow. That is that is tough sledding.
0: I, now, my preseason pick was Santander. Mm-hmm. And I just said I think he's going to come out ahead on the homers. Yeah. It's got to be Gunnar. Yeah. It's got to be. I, I, mean, I, I think he does too much on the field not to be the most valuable Oriole. He takes over games mm-hmm. at times he does it all uh, with the stick you know, he just you know over overcame going for the cycle and that was just one of the many great things he's done you know that week you look at the at-bats that he has where he has such gr- uh, great back control to just plunk balls into right field or hook it you know around the foul pole onto the flag uh court while making amazing plays He's doing it all, and he's doing it all when it matters on a team that has lots of other great players.
1: Yeah, I think it's Gunner and Jake. Out, finish it with one more truth or truth. Um, it's got to be truth. Jake, how does it feel to be a father of a sixteen-year-old? Uh, That—that's serious dramatic music. Old.
0: Old. I don't know how that happened.
1: Um, I don't have that happened. So when a man meets a woman and the woman feels pity for him, things happen.
0: That is truth. Yeah. That, is, that that's, sounds that's like truth. truth and
1: truth. Well, that is truth or truth for Bird's Eye View. We will touch base in the future with some additional truth or truth in the future. Um, but yeah, like I said, we just wanted to kind of quickly go through and just get to the truth of the matter for Baltimore Orioles fans um, going forward with that. With that, uh, we're going to figure out who won Fantasy Boss this past week. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Why Why is this music not starting? We'll be right back. Uh, Jake, uh, the music is not coming on for either one of us. Well,
0: wait a minute. The music tells us who wins. That's correct. So, like, if
1: it's your music, you win. If right. it's my
0: music, then I. Wait a minute. What was the category last week?
1: <sighs> Dongs. It's
0: Dongs. Okay. And you you picked Gunner. Gunner. Right. And I picked Mount Castle.
1: Did you pick Mount Castle or did you pick Hayes? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Let's t- let's take a look at that. Let's
0: go. Let's go to the tapes. Let's go to the Scott tapes. Magnus.
1: I can't remember now, but yes, I mean Gunnar certainly had a nice week. Is the best way to describe it. And it was kept looking at it and saying, "Man, and, you know he's going to catch up with with Tony Taters on that basis." Um, but yeah, I mean it was a dong standpoint on that basis. It doesn't matter. It doesn't if matter. I picked Mount Castle or uh-huh. I picked Hayes. It doesn't matter. It's a tie. How many do they have? Two. Two each. Two all around. Good job, Hayes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so that is a tie, but Scott,
1: there is something else to report. Oh, did something else click?
0: We clicked a wild card. Oh. Oh, position player, position right? Position player pitching. Yeah. James I went
1: McCann. with Urias and you went James McCann. So that makes it eight to four. So I'm climbing back in. It, you're it's it's within spitting distance, basically. You're like the New York Yankees, just maybe, you know, getting to five hundred again. Mm
0: be. i wouldn't go that
1: far yeah all right so uh we are going to go with a pretty we'll call it classic category this week we're just going to go with woba and weighted on base average so again we're not having to look at dongs we're not having to look at anything we're just looking who is the most offensively productive individual at this given moment um and, and we'll go from there that
0: a lot of the team,
1: and I don't want to get too deep into sure. it because I don't want to rob anything that
0: we might have in, in the good, bad, and the ugly, but a lot of the team performed well offensively this week. Yeah. And you can never tell yeah. if they're going to stay hot or if they're going to tail off. Yep. Uh, if I'm looking at straight Woba, yep. I think, uh, what do I think, Scotty? The hot hand to play, I'm going to go with Austin
1: Hayes. Okay. He certainly has been picking it up lately, and that's great to see. Cause again, going into the all-star break and coming out of the all-star break um, was a disaster. So to not not great on that basis. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go non-chalk to a certain regard. So, I mean, we I could go Adley, I could go Gunner, but I'm gonna go with somebody else that has been really scuffling for a while now. Is it TJ McFarland? It's not TJ McFarland, but I'm going to go with Cedric Mullins so again coming off the IL he's been scuffling he's been having issues um and I've started to see him in essence have a few better plate appearances Mm -hmm. I think this is what I think is going to happen I think what we're going to see is I think we're going to see Cedric Mullins kind of get reinserted back up to the top end of the roster um, of the lineup I think that's going to spur his confidence I think everyone gets shifted down again um and I think Cedric is in essence going to pick up that OB- OBP significantly, and as such, the WOBA is going to skyrocket. So that's my prediction. Cedric Mullins, you know, turns it around this week um, and in essence gets reinserted to the leadoff spot um, for this weekend series.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, if we're gonna talk fantasy boss, yeah, and we've cleared out a wild card. Yeah, do we have to put another one in place?
1: I think we hold off right now um but let's 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 look to see how it goes we still have one wild card remaining which was the 450 feet one Mm -hmm. um but let's see what happens um and see you know if any anything additionally clicks if i go up another one next week for nine to four i think we'll have to throw another wild card out there um what's
0: that about when a man pities a man oh oh it's fantasy
1: we it's all about the shtick we've got to keep the shtick going is the best way to describe it so with that why don't we go ahead and figure out who is good who is bad Uh, and who was ugly this past week in Baltimore.
0: That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and get us started. And my good for this week, Scott Magnus, is Austin Hayes. We just talked about the fact that he had a great week. Here's the deal. He had nearly identical numbers to Gunnar Henderson, who we have just talked about being an incredible player. This past week, he had a 208 weighted runs created plus, a 16.1 both K and walk percentage. He drove in six runs. He hit two home runs and... The thing that's interesting to me about all this is that he only had a Babip of three sixteen. Mm-hmm. you know, I think the league average is about two ninety. Yeah. And what I'm what I mean by that is he did all that without the luck dragon breathing down his neck too terribly high. You know, he, he didn't have a six hundred WOBA when he did all this. He he was hitting at about the level. And uh that's great to see. We need more of that from Austin Hayes. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go to an individual we talked to earlier when we were talking about playoff starts, and it's Kyle Bradish. And Kyle Bradish has been masterful. Um, you know, like we went into the bevies, and I specifically said, Kyle Bradish is the unsung hero. Um, he was the fifth Beatle, as it were, that I mentioned. And Kyle Bradish, you know, in the past you know, two weeks has pitched 12 innings 1.50 ERA, 1.52 FIP, 2.07 XFIP. And Kyle Bradish, I think, is currently leading the American League right now in ERA, which again, I'm not like wowed about. Um, but Kyle Bradish certainly has the fill stuff on that basis to be um, a really nice pitcher. So great to see Kyle Bradish again. Another trade from the from the buckle up birds era with Dylan Bundy. Um, Kyle Bradish is is turning into a really nice, you know, not ace. But we'll call it top of the rotation starter.
0: Fantastic. My bad this week goes to Cedric Mullins. He just didn't have it. A 16-weighted runs creative plus. He had a 30K percentage, did not walk at all, and had just a 195 WOBA. It was a putrid
1: week. It was bad. Yeah, I'm going to go my bad. Um, and it's not exactly the same situation for like this individual, for him missing last start. But even the start beforehand, Jack Flaherty... Has been bad. Um, you know, missing that start and then the previous start, it was a disaster um, of a start. On that basis, um, only got through three innings and just command was all over the place. And the the you know they were just smacking him all over the place. So, um, not a good performance. Whatever. So, hopefully, Jack Flaherty can figure out whatever is off right now and get back into into the roster and into the rotation. Um, but right now, Jack Flaherty bad.
0: Are you saying that when he pitches, it gives you general soreness? Yes. Okay. My ugly this week is going to go to the Rays, Mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Rays, and it doesn't have anything to do with any of the stories coming out of Tampa. It has everything to do with the fact that they just won't go away. The Orioles are having a magnificent season, a fantastic season, and the Rays are desperately trying to ruin it. Don't they know it's our time? (laughs) Just go away. I looked at the the August that they're having. I think they're thirteen and seven. To be in fair, they've got a, they had a
1: pretty easy August from like a scheduling standpoint.
0: Yeah, but go away. Yeah.
1: I'm sure that they're saying the same thing about the Orioles is the best way to describe it. They're like, hey, no, we've waited so long for the Red Sox and the Yankees to to be at the bottom of the cellar. This is our opportunity to kind of shine in the American League East.
0: They're probably saying, oh shoot. We don't mean to be doing. We don't mean to be stepping on your moment, Orioles. Sorry about this. Sorry about all the great baseball we've been playing.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's like I said. It's 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 definitely everyone is scoreboard watching, including the Orioles. Um, I believe there was a, a comment today um, indicating that uh, when the Rays took the lead once again against the Rockies in the eighth inning, there was a collective groan in the Orioles' clubhouse. So yeah, these these both teams are in essence watching the scoreboard, and they realize— how good each team is, uh, which just tells us that when we get to September and it's that race series for four games, boy, howdy, that is going to be a really fierce series um, going forward. Um, So my ugly is going to go to Mike Bauman. Uh, Mike Bauman, um, you know, obviously option, but again, some really poor performances, and especially um, that one on, um, you know, Tuesday evening. You know, coming into the game, first pitch, ball right down the middle of the plate, um, uh, not great. And again, some people have come back and said, well, you can't really criticize Mike Ballman. Like he's got all these wins and he's come into tough scenarios. Um, and it's it it's you can't blame him for having one bad game. And I agree with that. Like you can't blame him in its entirety, but you can't come into a game with an extremely aggressive team like the Blue Jays and say, I'm gonna throw the ball right down the middle of the plate. It just can't happen. Um, so Mike Ballman has been up and down for the past three weeks. Um, he's, he's my, he's my ugly, um, at this moment, he needed to be optioned. The Orioles needed to get him, you know, out of there for a little bit. Um, maybe he gets back up in September. I kind of doubt it. Um, but it is what it is. And like I said, good teams can't lose games like that. Simple as that. You're here. All right, well, with that, why don't we go ahead and uh, blow the save, um, and I'll let you take it over, Jake.
0: Scott, things are weird now. How weird are they? Well, I root for a winning ball club, Mm -hmm. and that's weird. It, it, It brings me to a lot of uncharted territory, and... One of the uncharted bits of territory that I'm now navigating is uh, <clears throat> I got a new boss a little while ago at work, uh-huh. and uh, he's a lovely guy. He's nice. We get along great. Um, and he's, he's a Yankees fan, isn't he? No, no. Usually this wouldn't be a problem, but he is uh, Canadian. Oh. And so uh, we were having a meeting today, uh, just the two of us, and he brought up the Jays Orioles rubber match. mm and I, I was in an unfamiliar territory of rooting for a team that was objectively better for than, than the person for whom I'm working. And, you know, I've worked for... Did he throw you know, a beer can at you? He did not. He okay. did not. These are weird times, Scott. And, and I think it's important that as we work our way through our emotions of, of how to deal with, uh, you know, winning club... That we also look for the the pitfalls mm-hmm. of of what may be, and so I'm just going to ask the listeners out there, what's been the weirdest part of rooting for a good team again uh, that you've experienced? For me, it's it's this that 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 was weird.
1: So I feel you. Um, I've got an individual at work who is a very big Yankees fan, and we would talk back and forth about baseball, and you know, send a few things here and there, and I'm almost. I almost don't want to text him at this moment because I'm like, he is probably in so much misery and woe that he doesn't want to do it. Which just makes me want to text him more, basically. So just to be like, hey, look what the Orioles did last night. Hey, you know, you had Judge and Stanton both hit home runs tonight, uh, but you still lost that game. So it's, I don't want to be that guy. But for so long, Yankees fans were that guy. So I feel like I have to give it back to him a little bit. It's a tough, tough role to play
0: it is we we want to avoid being jerks but it is fun yeah and that that is our show remember you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable
1: episodes at dot com. birds Eye view is available for wherever you get your downloads please remember to rate and review the show and please remember to subscribe on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and many others if we're missing something let us know like i said um, we're old people, so we don't know all these things. Come and get social with
0: us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us all over social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Snapchat. We're on the Ticks and the talks. But the best way to get a hold of us is on X, where we post at B A L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond
1: adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there, and let's go O's.
0: You're still here?